The local advocacy group connects the dots between everyday gun violence here and recent mass shootings in Boulder in Atlanta. We can't accept it as another fact of life, and we won't accept it. That's Karen Irvin with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. I'm Ryan Denham, and this is WGLT's The Leadoff. Support for The Leadoff on WGLT and WGLT.org comes from Central Illinois Regional Airport in Bloomington, now offering nonstop flights to Detroit on Delta Airlines, connecting travelers to the world. Schedules and information at CIRA.com. It's Friday, March 26th. Coming up, what you need to know to start your day. It's the leadoff from WGLT, Bloomington Normals Public Media. Now let's lead off with the McLean County chapter of Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America and the Illinois State Rifle Association responding to a renewed push for gun control. Student reporter Katrina Peterson has the story. Two recent mass shootings have spurred President Joe Biden and his administration to push for Senate passage of two House-approved gun control measures. Illinois State Rifle Association President Richard Pearson of Chatsworth says there's a problem with defining what assault weapons are. So, so there's a problem with, uh, but they don't, they don't, want, don't want to really define what they are because that would defeat their idea. Because they want to, do, they want, they want to. Uh, if it looks scary to them, they want to ban it. Pearson says the weapon used in Boulder wasn't fully automatic and therefore not an assault weapon anyway. The gun used in the shooting appears to be a type of AR-15. When, when you're attacked, there are no cops there. There are no rules there. There are no laws there. The only thing that person can do is defend themselves, and there's no other way, to, better way to do it than with like an AR-15. The McLean County chapter of Moms Demand Action for. Gun Gun Sense in America was pleased to see that the Biden administration focused on major gun legislation at the national level. Co-leader Karen Irvin says it's been over 25 years since legislation has been passed. We can't accept it as another fact of life and we won't accept it. And so, like I said earlier, we feel like the ball is in the Senate's court right now to do something. Irvin says gun violence is a public health crisis. She says Moms Demand Action has gun owners in its membership. Irvin says the group's goal is gun safety. It's insane to keep hearing the um, opponents of gun sense legislation saying now is not the time to act. Now is the time for thoughts and prayers. And we don't believe that. The time to act is now. It's insane to think that it's not time to do this. Moms Demand Action has about 75 active members in McLean County and over 300 Facebook supporters. I'm Katrina Peterson. President Biden says assault weapons and high-capacity magazines should once again be banned and that loopholes and background checks should be closed. There was an assault weapons ban, but it expired in 2004. Here are some other stories we're following in the WGLT newsroom. As vaccinations increase, some of McLean County's COVID data is trending in the wrong direction. That's given our county a warning designation from the IDPH. Illinois State University is getting help from the National Guard to vaccinate eligible campus community members. An on-campus clinic was held yesterday with more scheduled for the first three Thursdays in April. And a bill that would expand voting rights is on its way to the governor. After passing the Illinois Senate, it would increase vote-by-mail options and allow curbside voting permanently. Find more on these stories at WGLT.org. 
McLean County Health Department Administrator Jessica McKnight says many of her department's client services remain at reduced capacity as staff devotes much of its time to COVID. She says the department has also had to scale back or pause health education campaigns as COVID protocols remain in place. McKnight tells Eric Stock since the pandemic began, her department's 75 staffers have had to work long hours, cross-train for different tasks, and spend at least three-quarters of their time dealing with the coronavirus. COVID has kind of touched all of the different programs that we offer. And so even if it's not directly involved in COVID response, still dealing with how COVID has affected some of those programs. So when COVID hit, uh, you had just been on the job for a few weeks and COVID naturally overshadowed everything. As you had to shift resources to address the pandemic, what were some of the things that you had to put in the back burner? Not really, you know, big picture planning. So strategic planning, um, getting out in the community more uh, because I really, you know, no one was meeting in person. So that's kind of shifted a little bit, getting involved in new, any new programs. So the most significant dip, I think, we saw in our, our clinics. So direct client services adult and children's dental. So when I mentioned, you know, there were some programs and services that weren't weren't happening. There was a time there for several months in late spring where dental providers across the state were, were not seeing patients. Many dental procedures produce aerosol, which is a, is a high risk of COVID-19 spread to staff and patients. So dental was a service that was definitely put on hold temporarily. Uh, and again, the other client, direct client services, like HIV, STD testing here at the health department, uh, the personnel that we had, especially before the contact tracing personnel came on board, the, the same personnel that were, were doing the testing and treatment for HIV, STD, STIs, were the same case investigators and contact tracers. Have those direct client services gotten back to normal at this point? Not quite normal. So for our, for our WIC services. There's still several that are done on the phone. We're still doing curbside pickup, uh, the dental services. Everything is, is kind of in a reduced capacity. Again, we're, we're living in a world where we're, we're doing everything we can to social distance. So sometimes that means reduced capacities in your appointments. Uh, again, just limiting interactions so that we can prevent the spread of the virus. Are there any examples of initiatives that you had planned to transition back into as COVID uh, subsides perhaps over this year? And has that started yet? So some of the things, you know, just off the top of my head, thinking about our, um, you know, mental health first aid and some of our health promotion programs, um, you know, looking at vaping education in schools. So these are, these are things that we really we put on hold for a while, especially because again, meeting in person is just not safe at the moment. But just like with everything else with COVID, finding ways to adapt and how can we do these programs in the world that we're in right now? So doing you know mental health first aid virtually or doing it online, um, you know self self guided programs or um, you know vaping education. How can how can we maybe create? the materials and share those with schools that, so they can do that without us, you know, if we're not able to go into the school. So those are just some of the examples of, again, just kind of adapting to the world that we're in right now and still still offering the programs that we're, we're looking at. That's Health Department Administrator Jessica McKnight speaking with Eric Stock. Before we let you go, if you happen to like cute dogs and giant bunnies, Normal's Doggy Easter Egg Hunt is tomorrow from 2 to 4 at Maxwell Park. 
That is it for today. Support for WGLT's The Leadoff comes from the Central Illinois Regional Airport in Bloomington, now offering nonstop flights to Detroit on Delta Airlines. The Motor City is just one flight away. Schedules and information at CIRA.com.